the best advice to be here, be now, it's like it's it's all here and you can't escape it. Yeah, right. The worst advice is be here, be now, it's all here and you can't escape it. And so you take the good with the bad and just be here at the end of the day, just be here. It works both ways, yeah. but it works for the greater good. Beautiful. Better than the lesser good. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to my brand new podcast, For Soul's Sake, which I'm aiming to open up on spirituality and holistic wellness alongside a host of amazing guests. I love sitting down with people from different backgrounds and walks of life who are adding meaning, impact, and spiritual purpose into the world that have an incredible presence and use it to do good. And today's guest is someone who has been so kind to me, so gracious to me, and our first interaction was back in November of last year when he attended my Bhakti Day retreat in Hertfordshire, and we really connected on the deeper truths of life. And when this guest said yes to coming on and being the first guest on my brand new podcast, I was over the moon because I love his energy, I follow and admire his work, and I knew even before pressing record that it would be full of deep insight. So today's guest is none other than Londrell, a musician, author, and poet whose works, words, and poetry are deeply inspired by Eastern philosophy and Vedic literature. As an independent artist, Londrell has released nine studio albums, his most famous being Stay Free. As a self-published author, he has released three books, a self-help poetry book, Eternal Sunshine, and his most recent book, Self-Care Package, Healing Through the Chakras, which help inspire minds and nurture souls along the spiritual path. Londrell is the creator and voice of the popular mindfulness and meditation app, Eternal Sunshine, which provides daily inspiration and mindfulness talks to its over 1 million daily users. Londrell's art and offerings remain anchored in his desire to serve and remove suffering from the hearts and minds of all souls. Londrell. You're incredible. I just I don't understand how how do you do all that and so young? Uh, just just following the flow, following the spirit, and allowing myself truly to be, allowing myself to be used, allowing myself to be used, knowing that, knowing that I am an instrument, wow. and, and and choosing every day to surrender to 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 that knowing, you know, because it's it can like you can we can get in our own way thinking I'm doing I have to do or this is all on me, um, but. Truly just, you know, having the understanding or the knowing that I'm just an instrument for whatever life wants to do through me, you know, and all these ideas, crazy sometimes and uh, far-fetched sometimes that come through me, mm. um, they come to me for from a higher source, wow. you know, and so just trusting that, trusting that everything that comes through me is, is for me to express, to share, to offer to the world. You know, and and to you know share with the world. So I enjoy I enjoy being an instrument. I think I enjoy being used. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Has it always been like that? Have you always felt like that from a young age, or is it something more recent? Because you said something about being used as an instrument, mm-hmm. and that sounds almost like we're possessed or something. Or how how does the ordinary yeah. listener or someone that's got no inclination to spiritual talk uh-huh. how does one decipher that in the mind? Um, knowing that you know we are. We are not separate from life, mm. just as the, 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 the fruit is not separate from the tree. We are not separate from life, you know, so knowing that we are expressions of life, you know, and this, this thing that we call life is so much more grander than what we call our little self. 
You know, it's like a wave in an ocean. Like sometimes we get caught being the wave and don't don't realize that, wow, I'm really the ocean. But, you know, I'm stuck in myself. I'm stuck in my individuality. I'm stuck in, stuck in my egoity. I'm stuck in my identification with myself that I, I, I've forgotten that I'm the ocean. Like I know that I'm the wave, mm-hmm. um, but I'm at the same time simultaneously the ocean. But in this experience, as this Landrill, I am I am a wave, but I am also the ocean. So having that relationship with with life and and, and God really allows me to 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 surrender and to allow myself to be an instrument, you know, for wow. for life. Wow, just sitting opposite you makes me feel deeply grateful that you're taking the time out. And I can't believe I'm sitting yeah. with someone who speaks so poetically, yeah. and it, and none of that's written down. Like none of it, you're not reading for off anything. It's like you're you're just yeah. a living poet. You're a living piece of poetry. It's crazy. Um, and from a young age, were you attracted to spirituality? Was it something that? No, not even. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not even. I was very resistant to the style of. Uh, spirituality well not spirituality religion we'll, we'll call it religion mm. um, just because it didn't speak my language it didn't speak my language or the language that it was it really speaks my language now that I look back and look back and I read I read scriptures from the Bible or the Quran or the Gita and it really resonates but um, just the, the the style of teaching when I was growing up wasn't the style that I was receptive to you know um, and so it, it was after many years like into my 20s that I came across the Gita and that was the language of my soul, that that, that poetic language. And it, it, it was through my own reading that I, I, I received it. But, uh, you know, like, like early in my years, I, I wasn't attracted to any type of spirituality, religion or anything just because I didn't have, it wasn't visible to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't visible to me. There was a clear like turning point, I guess, at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Later in my 20s mm-hmm. is when I, 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 you know, as after I, you know, read thousands of book up, 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 up until then. But later in my 20s, I found that book, that one book that really spoke my language of spirituality, religion, and that was the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, that that really, you know, really took me into spirituality, really took me into the appreciation for all religions, mm-hmm. um, because the Gita is so profound in its expression and so universal in its expression that, you know, things that are said in the Bible or the Quran, they are also spoken about in the Gita. So it connects you to, you know, every other path that you may follow, because it's just that universal language of the soul. You know, when you speak, it makes me think like there's so many different types of people that come to spirituality. Mm-hmm. There's the inquisitive soul. There's one that's going through distress. Yeah. And um, I'm curious because I know a little bit about your story. We've spoken before. <laughs> yes. And I'm planting a question uh-huh. in there just because I think this story is yeah. incredible and I feel mm-hmm. like everyone should hear it about yeah. the way in which you came across. You spoke about the Bhagavad Gita and, of course, that's a literature that's very close to my heart. And yes. Because I'm, you know, in tune or trying to be in tune with the process of bhakti yoga. But... Um, I think it's 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 too good an opportunity not to have you say your story to share mm-hmm. how you came across this literature and what sparked that kind of yeah moment of uh, delving deeper into your spiritual consciousness. Yeah, I was definitely deep in distress. I was one of those people coming to coming to to know God and seek God out of distress, like mm. an inquisitiveness. Like, what is life? You know, I'm I'm a very inquisitive person. I'm a mm. very inquiring person. So a little bit of that, but more, <laughs> more so distress, more so uh, trying to figure out my life and understand my life and understand what life is. So I was on uh, my second run across America. Pretty much, the first run across to America was from Atlanta to St. Louis um, to commemorate, to raise funds, to raise awareness for the uh, the the wrongful death of Michael Brown, who was killed by a police officer in uh, St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri. And so, me and a friend, we ran 
about 680 miles from Atlanta to, to I'm not sure what that's in kilometers, but mm-hmm. 680 miles, um, about 21 days, just 21 days straight uh, running. And, and in that process, I received, you know, so many just downloads, shedding lots of things and inquiring deeper about life and how do I help serve and how can I serve in my greatest capacity. Um, so after that, um, I did another tour uh, running from Atlanta to Washington, D.C., the capital uh, city of Washington, D.C. And on along that journey, um, I found the Bhagavad Gita or the Bhagavad Gita found me. <laughs> and um, it was two books actually on the table. It was the Bhagavad Gita and uh, an introduction to Buddhism. And I picked both of them up and but the first book that I read was the Gita, and I studied it, and I, I read it for like three, four years straight before I moved on to the other book, uh, the Introduction to Buddhism. But the, the 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 language and the verbiage and just the just the expression and the conversation Krishna and Arjun right. was having it really was it's it's truly intriguing. I still read it every day to this day. You know, every day I read something from the Gita. Um, mm. Just because it's wow. a beautiful conversation, you can always just just a few words can take you on a journey into a, a deeper understanding of yourself, a deeper understanding of life. It's it's a bottomless well. It's a bottomless well of wisdom. It's a bottomless well of 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 love. Mm-hmm. You know, a bottomless um, well of of of, of God realization. And so, it just takes you deeper every time. It just takes you deeper every time. No matter how many times you read a line, it just takes you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And and it's endless. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I wish my experience with Bhagavad Gita was like that. <laughs> For me, it was very much uh, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, flick through it, put it mm. down. Um, because coming from a kind of the, the Indian background yeah. and, and having access to the Gita from a young age, mm-hmm. um, honestly, I, I just didn't connect with it the first mm. time. I found it too, yeah, I just found it too uh, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I just couldn't connect with the words in the page. But when I hear the experiences of those who, on their first encounter, yeah. find so much deep meaning and mm-hmm. uh, spiritual consciousness, even in the verbiage you said, mm-hmm. I was like, when I, when you were speaking like that, it kind of sent tingles down my spine. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I must have been a fool when I read it the first time. I wasn't. Maybe I was reading a different version of the Gita mm-hmm. to you or something. But um, yeah, it's it's truly amazing. And I mean, just to keep an open book, do you feel? that this is the entry point for all people? Like, you know, say, for example, someone's listening to this that has no inclination or has no previous inclination to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Do you think their route has to follow the same way? I mean, what would be some advice or some yeah, encouragement on that on that line? Um, I think every path is a way. Mm. Every path is a way to this understanding. Every path is a way to deeper understanding every path is a way to into truth and so it starts with whatever wherever you are mm. you know our lives are the spiritual journey our lives are the 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 living incarnation of, of of the scriptures we are the living truth we are the living word so you know just starting where you are is the best spiritual practice it's the only spiritual practice because you cannot be anywhere other than where you are mm. you know and use the tools that you have um, at your disposal to seek yourself you know, and come home to yourself, you know. So the paths are many. The destination is one. I truly believe the paths are many, but the destination yeah. is one. So, you know, whatever whatever your whatever calls your heart is okay. You know, but all because it all comes from the source. Mm-hmm. So whatever calls your heart back to source is is truly okay. It's truly it's truly the path for you in that moment in time and it may not be the only path for you. I'm very ambiguous. I'm very versatile in in the ways that I approach God because I I'm seeking that. I'm seeking truth. I'm seeking God. 
And I ask God to reveal yourself, reveal yourself, reveal yourself. And it's not just God is multidimensional, mm-hmm. you know, and expresses itself himself in multidimensional ways and in, in, in infinite ways. And so um, I can just have a, a conversation with, well, this is, it's not real, <laughs> but I can have a conversation it's with. It's a plant, by the way, for the it's listeners. A <laughs> it's a plant. So I can have a conversation with, with the plant and, and, and inquire, you know, reveal yourself and, and, and some bit of God will express itself through it. So if you are seeking, wherever you're seeking, God will find you, mm-hmm. you know, and truth will find you. And whatever you're seeking, it will find you exactly where you are and not further or, or behind or in front of where you are, you know. Mm. How does one seek, though? Like, you know, it's, I'm just thinking when it comes to someone that is um, seeking, I think the answers mm-hmm. are receivable. We sit in the receiver's mood rather than the achiever's mood. Mm-hmm. We're trying to receive. Okay, we're keeping our minds and consciousnesses, our hearts open to the reality that something is coming if we're open and looking for it. But for someone that's not looking, say, for example, you've got a family member or a friend mm-hmm. or someone who yeah. has no inclination whatsoever, do you have any advice for someone like that that, it, should we even try? Should we even perhaps share something small with them? Or do you think better to let them find the path in their due course of time? Yeah, I think I think we're all seeking something. We just yeah. don't know it yet. Right. Whether it's whether it's God or a relationship or love or just financial wealth or financial security, we're all seeking we're all seeking something. And through that something that we are seeking, we can also experience truth. We can also experience God. So again, every path is a way. Whether you're an artist, like I came to God through my artistry, right? Through my through through my gift of music, through my gift of song. I wasn't always rapping about God. I wasn't always singing Hare Krishna, you know. And so, but through that, I came to I came here, mm-hmm. you know. So whatever you are seeking, whatever your whatever your dharma is, whatever your duty is, uh, God can be found in that. And you know, you don't have to be seeking it initially, but eventually, you will find it because you know it all comes from source. Yeah. And source and God expresses itself in and different ways and and you know just through conversations or just through you know hopping on a tube and, and meeting a stranger yeah, you right. know you are that's a divine encounter right. you know and so it doesn't have to be seeking you know seeking the seeking truth just outright it can be seeking just a family and through that through that process of nurturing your family you will find that which you are truly seeking right. you know. Yeah, for us, we can see it from the bigger picture that everything can be an opportunity for a divine touch. Yes. But for one that is not conscious to that truth mm-hmm. or not conscious to that that way of thinking, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's that they're totally experiencing okay. divinity in a moment that is uh, relevant for them. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, in a, in a moment of conversation where there's love in that conversation, that is still divine. Yeah. But maybe they don't see it that way. Right, yeah. They just you know? see it as ordinary. Yeah. But that's still, in one sense, still creating space. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You mentioned something that I want to uh, delve a little deeper into, which is financial wealth. Right, yeah. You know, and I think there's something in our spiritual circles or in, um, you know, places where we talk a lot about uh, higher consciousness where there mm. seems to be a taboo when it comes to money, a taboo when it comes to quote unquote financial material success. And um, I understand that mm. you cannot receive uh, transcendental realization through a comfortable life. Like you need to, yeah. you know, you need to go through uh, periods of reform or periods of hardship in order to really bear fruit of deep consciousness, deep spiritual truth. I, I fully get that. But I mean, Londrell, nine albums, 
you know, one million people listening to your podcast. That's uh-huh. serious stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of um, justify in your consciousness and how do you live with the fact that, yeah, materially speaking, things are going okay for you? Yeah. And how do you balance that with kind of spiritual consciousness? What's, what's your kind of way of navigating that is what I'm asking. Um, <laughs> beautiful question. Uh, I think there's no conflict. Mm. There is no dualism in that. Mm. You know, for me, everything is that. Everything is an expression of that. Mm. You know, whether it be a, a blade of grass or a hundred dollar bill, it's just an expression of that, that truth. You know, and only, and only, only, only God is real. Only God is real, and that's what I'm seeking. Mm. You know, so you, as, as I seek, as I seek God, God gives His gifts, but I don't seek the gifts more than I seek God. Mm. You know, and I think that's important for me is that I don't seek God's gifts more mm. than I seek God. I seek God beyond all gifts, material or spiritual. I don't wow. seek God for spiritual gifts. I don't seek God for material gifts. I seek God for God and God alone. Wow. And I think for me, that's that's why I've been blessed in certain areas of my life materially, because I seek God and I want to serve God and know God above all else. Yeah. You know, so for me, there is no conflict. You know, so I just I get gifts along the way, but I'm not. I just let them pass through me. I don't cling to them as they pass through me. So I may have to, you know, spend this much to spend this much on a certain thing, or I may have to let go of this and you know move from here to here to here. But I'm not reaching back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm allowing myself to reach higher and higher to truth and ascend higher and higher to, into truth. So everything is just you know, materially is just one stop on the trip to God, you know. And I, I'm I'm willing to let it all go in a moment's time mm-hmm. if God says let it go, you know. Wow remaining detached from the result of our activities. Mm, yes. Trying to remain detached from that which comes, uh, but all the while not pushing it away when it does come. Right, yeah. Use mm. li- yeah using, I was going to say using and utilizing uh, that which comes our way for higher purpose. Right, yeah. And I think many spiritualists either are subconsciously chasing material wealth through the spirituality mm-hmm. let me provide this service so that I get X amount in return oh, yeah. but if we were to instead as spiritualists who are trying to share or you know, someone that's listening to this trying to think okay how can I uh, make a living on a spiritual path because that's beautiful as well yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. live uh, through a spiritual means by sharing by serving etc that is beautiful yeah, you're not having beautiful. to work a, mm-hmm. a 9 to 5 that gives you no purpose but rather um, by living a job or living and breathing um, a life which is fueled with service, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's wonderful. It's just kind of navigating one's intention, purifying one's intention all yeah. the while. And look, from my perspective, I'm not all the way there. I still yeah. like having nice things just for having yeah. nice things. And yeah, I don't see God in them all the time. But uh, it's a journey. It's a sadhana. It's a yeah. practice, right? Yeah. It's a practice. I mean, do you have any, any thoughts on how one practices detachment from result? Being okay with desires, we all have desires yeah. for nice things, for maybe not so nice things. We all have desires. And this, this trip that we're on is just working through our desires. So whatever you desire, you know, it's, it's working through it and, and, and not allowing yourself to, to, to um, be gratified by the acquisition of that. Mm. You know, not allowing yourself, you know, be grateful and experience the joy of that thing, but knowing that... God is the goodness in all things. And that goodness that you feel as you, you know, you, you, you put on your nice suit, that goodness that you feel as you buy a new car, that is the goodness that is God calling you back to God. Wow. So being okay with your desires, but knowing their source, 
knowing, knowing, truly knowing what you're truly seeking. Um, but attachment and detachment from what you, um, from what you, you know, from what you receive, it's, it's making it an offering to the divine. You know, making your life an offering to the to the divine, so that whatever you receive before you receive it, before you take it on as your own, make it an offering to God and ask God, may you enjoy this through me. You know, and I and I think we 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 read a prayer. I think we went was at Omnam, yeah, and I think it was like uh, from the Gita. Mm. Um, I forget what it was. What what um chapter and verse, but it was like Brahma Brahma Apanam Brahma Api Brahma Agnu Brahmano Dham Brahma Avi Gantuviam Brahma Karma Samadina. Wow. So a person who is fully absorbed in God consciousness is sure to attain the spiritual kingdom because of their full contributions to spiritual activities in which the consummation is absolute and that which is offered is of the same spiritual nature. Mm -hmm. So treating that thing as if though it is an offering unto the divine, you know, and understanding that it goes to God first and, you know, I'm so I'm just blessed to receive it. I'm just blessed to experience it. But it all it's all in service to God. And that frees that would that really will free you from free us from being attached to what we receive, knowing it's it's an offering to God, yeah. you know. Wow. Yeah, and you know, look, it's also um, good to mention at this point that if we can't live our lives like that mm -hmm. in totality, you know, the perfection of what you're speaking is so beautiful because you know it gives a formula for living with love. Mm -hmm. It gives a formula for living with deep rooted uh, joy to just use everything in higher purpose in, in God's purpose in divine purpose but if someone who's listening to this is feeling um, this is a high standard to live by progress is still success you know right, yeah. something that I've been thinking about a lot is this trade-off between progress and perfection and how sometimes we give up because we aren't the perfect version of humility, yeah. the perfect version of detachment, the perfect version of free from lust, the perfect version of grateful all the time. That's all fine. Yeah. If we can just make progress on the path each day, be conscious about, okay, this has been received. This money has been received. Let me try and engage it in higher purpose. Or mm. this moment of humility, someone's humbled me. You know, let me not see that as, okay, now I give up on humility because it hurts too much to be humbled. But rather, let me see how I can sit in that humility and how, how, how I can uh, absorb my consciousness and thinking this is a good thing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, progress on the path is still success. Right, yes. Still success, mm -hmm. no? Yeah, to do truly agree that, you know, as we progress, we, we begin to understand what we're practicing. Yeah. You know, because it's all a practice. You know, there's nothing to become. You know, um, I don't think there's even an, such an idea as perfection. You know, you right. know, we've come perf from perfection, so we are sustained by perfection and we remain in perfection. So there's truly nothing to become. It's a beautiful blossoming. It's wow. a beautiful unfolding. And wherever you are on your journey, that's totally, that's just where you are. That's where you are on your journey to becoming. Like if you open up a book and read it from beginning to end, Everything's there, mm. and the book is unfolding as you read it. Mm. And we're just like that. We're we are our own little Bibles. We're our own little Gitas. We're our own little books <laughs> of everything that we are, and it's all there. And we're just every day. We're just reading a page of our life every day. We're just living a page of our life, and we just have to allow ourselves to unfold in that, knowing yeah. that there is nothing to become. My whole life is here already. 
You know, everything that I'm seeking is here already, and it's just blossoming and blooming into that. Yeah, I love that analogy. Our life is like a book, which is filled with 365 pages, mm -hmm. and we are holding in our hands a pen. Mm -hmm. We can choose to write in beautiful calligraphy mm -hmm. or scratch it out. Yeah. But either way, we still got 364 pages left. Right, when yeah. you turn the page the next day, there's still another chance, mm -hmm. blank slate. Yeah. You wake up each morning and start with, okay, I've got these eyes, I've got these ears, I've yeah. got this mouth, I've got this nose, let me use it yeah. for higher purpose. And if I don't, cool, yeah. scratch it off, yeah. 363 pages left. Yeah. You know? And not even each day, but each moment. Right. Like we can have conversation, even we make a mistake on the, on camera, we could still, we don't have to edit it out, we could just still right. have this conversation, still, okay, adjust and go where we need to go and change our minds. We are free to change our minds. You know, we are free to, re to, to come back to our hearts and, and follow the way of truth and follow the way of love because, you know, above all thing, above everything, love will take us through and guide us through. Mm -hmm. And so as we return to our heart space, um, that really allows us to, to rewrite the story, you know, to change the narrative, to, to readjust. Mm. Brother, you speak with so much faith. I feel like I'm getting charged up spiritually. I'm going to go out and just spread the gospel, you know. I'm going to tell everyone in the studio all the wonderful things we're talking about. I want to talk now maybe about some of the hardships. Has there been, I mean, it's almost inevitable for someone on a spiritual path. Have there been moments of hardship in your spiritual journey? And would you mind sharing them? Yes, I, uh, I wouldn't even think spiritual journey, just life. Yeah. Life presents difficulties Fully. and life presents opportunities for, for growth through difficulties and through perceived misfortune. I like to think that my life as a series had started as a series of misfortunate events. Mm. Um, when I was a child, uh, my father, he was murdered when I was 11 months old. So wow. um, that's a pretty big blow to a, a child and a family and especially a, a, a family in, in poverty and living in, in Un, un, not inhumane certain circumstances, but just living below, living below their means, you know. My childhood wasn't any more difficult than, you know, the death of my father. Um, very, you know, uh, abusive mother, uh, very uh, just not, not nurturing mother. Mm -hmm. And so just dealt with a lot of childhood traumas as a child. Uh, became very, I don't know at what age, maybe like the age of four. I have a picture on my, my Stay Free album, um, that's that's me, and I think uh, when I look at it, I I just intuitively understand that that was the last time that I was a child, and wow. I think that was at four years old. Um, and after that point, I became very reclusive. I became very not inward, but just disassociated mm -hmm. and dysregulated uh, from just my environment. So I can't remember anything from that age up until probably uh, fourteen. Wow. Because I just just because my environment was just so very traumatic, you know, just living in, in, in high crime areas, violent areas and dealing with violence inside of my home every day uh, until I was like 18. Um, and so uh, just verbal violence, verbal abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse. Um, just so a lot of my childhood just was um, painful, mm. very painful and very traumatic. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but uh, but that's just for me. It's it was never, you know, blaming or or, or trying to like. Many times I wanted to die, and many times I contemplated suicide. But just understanding, or just being 
just being me, like I'm a very resilient person. I'm a mm-hmm. very optimistic person. Mm-hmm. And so even amidst all of this trauma and violence, I still, re- just a slither of, not hope, but a light, just, just this person that you're seeing now, this person was there, you know, the whole time. And so understanding that in the con- in the context of your, your question, um, it's just understanding that life is difficult for all of us. We all have our traumas. We all have our flaws. We all have our stories. But those stories are meant to bring out the very best, the very best in us. So, you know, it's like wherever you are, whatever you've experienced, use it as a tool for mm-hmm. a greater understanding. Use it. Try to use it as a tool. Understand that it is a, it is a tool for your awakening for the for your unfolding for you to return back to what you truly are and you know i tell myself my pain is my my greatest blessing because every day it has something to teach me mm-hmm. you know even just sometimes like when i'm sitting like this i feel pain but out of this pain comes wisdom you know because and the, the deeper i go, not the deeper i go into the pain but the more i feel it the more wisdom comes out of that the more you're aware of it yeah, yeah the truly. more conscious you're mm-hmm. of it yeah truly yeah, a dear friend of mine talks a lot about how we learn more from rock bottoms than we do from mountain tops. Mm, yes. And you can see the greatest thinkers, the greatest, uh, most conscious people that I know in my life oh, yeah. have had to deal with some seriously extreme situations. Mm-hmm. Mm, but what makes them great is not that they uh, wallow in the pain alone, mm-hmm. but rather they, they try to see... Uh, not why is this happening to me, mm-hmm. but what is this trying to teach me? Right, yeah. You know, not why is this happening to me, but what is this trying to teach me? And if we live our lives in such a way where we are just even minutely conscious that right now, fine, I can't connect the dots going backwards, but someday, in some form, this moment, this uh, traumatic moment, this mm-hmm. depressing moment, this dark moment, will bring light to another person's life. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That in itself is so hope-giving. Mm-hmm. And not to minimize, you know, like, not at all. I hope I, I, I don't come across like I'm minimizing no, no. trauma at all. Yeah. And if I am, then please forgive me. That's not my intention. It's more just to kind of uh, see everything as traction for greater joy. Mm, I love that. On the flip side, do you want to share with us your greatest joy in, in spirituality? Maybe a moment where you felt... Um, a deepest, a deep connection. If it's too private, then I understand. But as far as, as personal as you can go in terms of uh, a, a, a joyful moment of connection. Well, um, <laughs> probably through another traumatic experience that I oh, went wow. through. Um, I was, um, I had a gun to my head, to the back of my head. And uh, in that moment, I just surrendered to life and I just, I just was chanting Hare Krishna. And uh, um, the guy shot me, and I woke up, I started running, and, well, no, I didn't wake up, but, (laughs) so I got shot in the back of the head. Um, I blacked out, totally blacked out. And um, when I got up, a a surge of, not joy, but (laughs) a surge of just energy came into me, and I just started running through the neighborhood, and um, went to the ambulance and had surgery, got out the next day. The next day was just full of just uh just uh, overflowing joy after the depression, after the after the feeling of, you know, uh feeling uh used and and and, and uh, abused and, and and lied to. Mm. Um but after that feeling came a joy. 
after that darkness came, like you said, after that darkness came light, and that light was joyous, that light was blissful, that light was just happiness. And from that moment on, my mo- my life has been that. Now, there's been dark times, but majority of that has been all light and all joy. Wow. And it's still all light and all joy after going through my darkest night, my darkest night. And so everything else fails in comparison mm-hmm. to that dark night. And so after that, after that, it's just been an ever-increasing joy, an ever-blossoming joy, an ever-increasing happiness. And so um, after we face our darkest days, we can, we can take things lightly. <laughs> we can take things lightly and understand that, you know, it's all working for a greater good. I've, I've experienced my worst days already. You know, let me find the joy in this moment. Let me find the... the, the Leave even a little bit of joy in this moment. Let me seek that. Let me find that. Even if it's someone else's smile or smiling at a stranger, let me create that or let me seek that. Because we can always create it as well. We don't have to seek it. Where's the joy? Where's the joy? Let me just be joyous now. Let me just be happy now. Let me just be and be happy. Wow. That blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Rumi talks about the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar yes. with that. Mm-hmm. And there comes a time, I think, for each and every one of us where um, that darkness of uh, feeling alone, feeling uh, there is no hope, the dark night of the soul where we feel that we're knocking on the door of God but there is no answer from the other side, Mm -hmm. the dark night of the soul where it feels there uh, is no light at the end of the tunnel uh, is probably the closest we can come to realizing the next morning Mm. that I have so much to live for, so much, yeah. you know. Uh, someone once spoke to me about how each morning when I rise from the bed, if I just look in the mirror and acknowledge I've got two gifts that I've opened, my eyes. Mm-hmm. If I wake up and I recognize that I've got two ears that can hear joy, mm-hmm. you know, there's an opportunity if we look for it. Yeah. It's blowing my mind just yeah. hearing. Uh, I, I didn't know about this. The shooting. Yeah, this is something I shared here and there, but it's not something that sure. I speak about about because I don't want to continue to give a reality of to course. it. Of course, um, I've experienced it. It has made me who I am today. But to keep to continue to affirm it, um, even though it may help other people, you know, because you you we we tend to compare. So if he's went through that and he's become this person, whatever I'm going through sure. is not as deep. But um, so I don't like to put people in that situation. But it's just it's just something that I've healed from, I've grown from, and it's just like a, it's not a story that I, I. Although it's a part of my story, it's just not a story that I tell all the time, because it's deeper than that. Most most people won't understand, so I scratch the surface of it and and let it be that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side of darkness, there is light, but you can't go deeper into the darkness. You have to go into the light. Wow. Yeah, you have to go into the light. Wow. Because we can go deep and deep into darkness, but we will only find more darkness. Yeah. We have to choose light and, and, and enter light. Beautiful. Yeah, so I don't really speak much about the darkness because we can we can go deep into it and it has its purpose going sure. into the darkness to just explore for the sake of exploring, but knowing that only love is real, only light is real, only God is real, mm-hmm. um, and everything else is, is, is play. Everything else is play. Everything yeah. else is play. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I want to talk now about a new joy that's soon to enter into your life. Ah. <laughs> um, we're both to be parents. Yes. Well, I'm already a father, 
but uh, my wife's expecting the second. Congrats. And uh, yeah, Dr. Shelley is expecting your first. Yes. And I couldn't be happier for you. And I guess for any parent that's listening or any prospective parent, uh, I, I'm curious even to hear about how is it that you're going to try to impart <laughs> spiritual wisdom with a child. I've, I've had ex- my fair share of experience in the last two uh-huh. years with my son, and uh, it's no easy journey for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to hear, do you have any plans for um, yeah, sharing spirituality with the new soul? I think that my, my, my child would be much more of a teacher to me than I am to wow. the child. I think because they come out dripping in bliss. They come from they come straight from source. Okay. On your couch, on your front door, <laughs> like in like from your belly right there in front of you. So it's more so me and my wife we talk about this all the time, observing and absorbing. Mm. Like just the child's bliss, the child's nature because, you know, I didn't experience myself as a child. So it would be much more of an experience for me to witness a child just in their newness, just in their essence as a teaching. Um, and so I don't have any plans of just imparting anything on on my child, but more so allowing my child to be a spiritual companion and uh, and a teacher, a sort of teacher to me. Of course, you know, having conversations when even before they can understand, but, you know, having conversations, just being myself, because yeah. I believe my entire life has prepared me for this moment. So there is nothing that that I need to actually, like, go out and acquire to be able to provide my child with the tools, but being in tune with the child and allowing the child to be a child and uh, just being intrigued by the wisdom that they already possess, being intrigued by the, by what they already possess. Mm -hmm. Because I, like I said, they come in, they're dripping in bliss. They're dripping in it, literally dripping in it. (laughs) And you just have it to, to be around it is, is, is auspicious, you know? Right. Yeah, it's like my guru told me when we had the first child, he said, welcome to the life school, you know, and I was like, what do you mean life school? I'm the one that's given the schooling, you know, uh, but it's really been the other way around yeah. to uh, tune into being inquisitive, yeah. to tune into uh, seeing things for the first time again. Mm. You know, that's yeah. been magical to be able to see how my son touches something and then doesn't know what the texture will be. Uh-huh. And then you think, wow, uh, divinity, God, the almighty, the supreme truth has created everything mm-hmm. so variegatedly. Everything's mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. Every person's so different. And to see him interact with others as well has been so magical. So you're right. It's definitely a life school of humility, of tolerance, mm-hmm. of awakening to things as they are. Yeah. Um, I'm just damn excited. Yeah. For you, seeing them as a newborn. Yeah. I think we should be, we should also possess that spirit of seeing things as newborns. To see, like we're seeing it for the first time. I've talked to you probably hundreds, not hundreds, but tens of times. Yeah. But this is a new conversation and this is a new version of you. You've grown since the last time we spoke. You've evolved since the last time you spoke. And you've come with all those tools into this conversation. Mm. Everyone in here is adding to the conversation because they. I, this is the first time meeting them. Right. But they've come in their newness. They're come, they've come in their fullness. And we are all meeting each other in our newness, our newbornness. And we're, we're, we're having a conversation. Some are silent. Some are talking. But we're all in the newness of this moment. And I think children just teach us to be in the newness of this moment because this moment has never come and it's gone just like that mm. and so we can marvel at it we can just have a moment of silence in it because it's new and we've never seen it in this way mm. and we've never been here in this way 
Yeah, and it, it speaks volumes about community and the importance of associating with those that give us life. Like, mm-hmm. there may be people that listen to this uh, podcast that have no desire for for kids, and that's fine. Yeah, but I think. Listen, I had no desire. Really, <laughs> I had no desire for kids. It wasn't even in my awareness. But again, like I told you earlier, off, off, offline, that life has plans yeah. for you that you don't have for yourself. I remember and, speaking about that. And I talk talk about surrender. You have to learn that 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 surrender will take you further than you can ever go on yourself on your own. Because again, I hadn't had no desires of having kids or even getting married. Wow. My life was for me was planned out as a hermit <laughs> and, and just living in soli- living in solitude and enjoying enjoying meditation and bliss and putting out albums here and there and writing books here and there but life has greater plans mm. life has greater and bigger plans when you trust life in that way if you can tr- always if you trust life in that way yeah. it's learning to trust isn't it yeah yeah it's a it's a That's big lesson in trust life. yeah learning to trust the right people or learning where to place your trust it's like one of the early lessons when you're trying to find the right clique of friends, the right people to bring you yeah. into uh, a life less ordinary. And then slowly as you get older to find uh, the right relationships that are intimate that you can trust in. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, as we evolve, we want to try and trust in God more and more mm-hmm. and develop that relationship. Life yeah. is just a journey of relationships. Yeah, it? it is. It's one big relationship one big with relationship. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> one big relationship with yeah. yourself. You're just meeting yourself and with different faces. Yeah. Meeting yourself in different forms. And it's it's a it's it's you know, as Ram Dass says, we're just walking each other home. Right. You know, walking right. each other home. Right. And it's it's once you realize it's that and, and see it as that, it it gets much more playful. Yeah, it does. If you will. You learn to play in the play. You, know, you can't play on it by yourself, you know. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't for some time, but it gets boring. It gets boring. It, it gets. It truly gets boring. So yeah. you need a friend. You need a companion. You need yeah. something outside of yourself to even know that you're there, that yeah. you exist. If you're just all alone, do you exist? Yeah, I was uh, talking to a, another friend about this, and um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I consciously decided to brand my stuff when I'm sharing kirtan and mantra chanting and meditation as Radhika Das and friends mm-hmm. because I just love doing what I do with other people. Yeah, with other people. And I'd find it really hard to just travel and to chant if I was just a lone man sitting on a stage mm-hmm. trying to present this beautiful philosophy of bhakti and kirtana mantra if I was completely on my own. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me so much life to be able to grow, evolve, share with others, mm-hmm. alongside others. And so uh, it's a conscious decision. It's, it's definitely not just... I'll make the crew look really super cool and, and full on the stage. But I just, I'm I'm too much of an extrovert. I mm-hmm. really need to be around yeah. people. Even in, even while we're recording this podcast, we're, we're sat here with a, another one, two, three, four, five people sitting behind yeah. the cameras and the audio equipment and and prompting me, etc. But it's because I like I like the the journey with many. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like this that alone we can go fast mm-hmm. through life. But together with the right association, we can go far. Mm-hmm. We can journey much, much further. And uh, that journey becomes much more beautiful. So I'm really, really happy that uh, you and Dr. Shelley are having yes. your first. Overjoyed and, and excited, yes. Yeah. Let's see what the future holds. Let's see, let's see. whole army of Londrells walking the planet. Can you imagine? <laughs> we'll see. I don't, I don't have the vision of it. But again, sure. it's, it's, it's God's life. <laughs> it's God's life. And it just trusting it, trusting it's 
all for because I know what I'm seeking and everything that comes into my vortex, everything that comes into my experience mm. is taking me there. Mm. So I've set my I set, I've set my dial, I've set my GPS. I know where I want to go and just trusting the journey along the way. You know, because I can't I can determine the destination, but the journey is totally up to God. Yeah. The journey is totally up to God and just surrendering to the journey. Surrendering uh, to the journey. Yeah. Londra, I'm super grateful that you're here. And we're getting close to the end of our time together, but I want to end with some quick fire questions. One word, one sentence answers. Um, and these are some good ones. So uh, you ready for them? I think so. Cool. Let's do it. First one. What's the best advice you've ever received? Be here, be now. Be here, be now. Worst advice you've ever received? Be here, be now. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. You want to, I want to hear more about that one. The best advice to be here, be now, it's like it's it's all here and you can't escape it. Yeah, right. The worst advice is be here, be now, it's all here and you can't escape it. And so you take the good with the bad and just be here. At the end of the day, just be here. It works both ways, yeah. but it works for the greater good. Beautiful. Better than the lesser good. Beautiful. Okay, third one. Something special about your partnership with Shelley. It really takes me deeper into God-realization, love, appreciation, and surrender daily. Through loving her, I learned, I learned to love God. Mm -hmm. And through loving God, I learned to love her even more. Amazing. God bless you, Shelley. Something people misunderstand about you. Um, what do people misunderstand? This is going to be a difficult one. It's not mm -hmm. one answer. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how people perceive me. Uh, I'm just being. <laughs> I'm just being. I'm not worried about how it comes out. Mm -hmm. However it comes out, I'm just being. And so I don't see myself. I don't. I don't. I don't think if I, if I thought it was like a misconception. I know this is more than one word, but that's cool. We'll let you. We'll let you. Um, <laughs> I don't see myself. Mm. I'm just being, and so I'm not just like, oh, I'm Landrell. I'm this person. I know, like, I know myself, but I don't see myself. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Shetty says it so perfectly that we live in a perception of a perception. I'm not what I think I am. Yeah. I'm not what you think I am. Yeah. I am what I think you think I am. Yeah. You know, mm. living in a perception of a perception of a perception mm. of reality, and it can really screw us. Yeah. Up, yeah. Know? It really does. So, being careful about how we. Uh, perceive mm. what others perceive of us. Yeah, beautiful. Truly. Thank you. And uh, last one: if you could create one rule or one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Be here, be now, be love. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. all. For that's like my life's philosophy: mm. be here, be now, be love. Everything. If you do that, everything will fall in alignment. Everything will work out for the greater good, not only of you but for everyone. So if that can be a rule, be here, be now, be love. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for you. your time, brother. I really appreciate you. Saddened that the conversation. <sighs> what has, to do? We could do this end. for hours and hours, but I'm just yes. conscious that, you know, we, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but yeah. more that you've taken the time to be here to speak so beautifully with us, to share with us your life's journey, to share with us the hardships, the joys, the, um, the trade-offs between material and spiritual, and uh, that last... Uh, wonderful phrase, be here, be now, be love. I really yeah. appreciate Thank you so much for uh, being here with us. For everyone that's listening, um, I want to stay connected with each and every one of you. This is the first podcast of um, this series, and, and I'm really excited to have future guests on here. We call the podcast For Soul's Sake, 
and uh, we're doing it for soul's sake we're doing it not only for the souls that are listening but also for my sake and for um, the growth of my consciousness to understand how spirituality can impact and um, open up beautiful joyful realities for so many that we're hoping to have as guests here with us so uh, please feel that there's permission to listen to this podcast more than once there's some beautiful truths that I think Londrell shared and I think that you can feel free have the permission to re-listen to this have the permission to uh, hear the truth that I've spoken hear the beautiful insights that I've spoken and if you found this conversation uh, interesting then drop it a share you know drop it uh, a, a beautiful comment or something of that effect to to boost the size and the audience of this conversation so that more people can be part of it and I'm looking forward to the next one until then Londrell thank you so much thank you brother see you next time on For Soul's Sake <laughs>